Buenos dias from Laos Point. This is the Rorschach Argentina update from the 16th of June 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Argentina. There's a lot to be said about this week's news, but we have to be careful how we say it, at least according to the Buenos Aires city mayor, Horacio Rodriguez Larreta, who banned the use of inclusive language in schools, similarly to how one may use the singular they in English to avoid gender-defining pronouns, Spanish speakers have found different ways to include women, men, transgender, and non-binary individuals when using plural words. However, those alternatives alternatives technically go against the current rules of the Spanish language, which, as we know, is in constant evolution. For the most part, the younger generations have accepted the inclusive language, but as it happens, many don't see the need for it and even get fired up when they hear another person using it. The capital's mayor may just be one of them, as he said on Friday the 10th that teachers have to respect the rules of the Spanish language because children have to master the language as it is. The move was condemned by many, including teachers. Still, the resolution was passed by the city education minister, Soledad Acuña. We'll have to wait to see if this decision affects or benefits Rodriguez Larreta as he's likely to run for president next year. Speaking of presidents, Alberto Fernandez flew to the Ninth Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles last week. He had a brief, friendly encounter with the United States President Joe Biden and a not-so-friendly meeting with his Brazilian counterpart Jair Bolsonaro. For the most part, their relationship has been cold and distant, with neither being willing to arrange a bilateral meeting. However, during the summit, they greeted each other and mostly talked about Argentina's need to import gas and the number of Argentines and Brazilians who now live in the United States. While at the summit, President Fernandez received some excellent news. General Motors, the American multinational automotive manufacturing corporation, informed the president of an investment of $350 million in Argentina, expressing interest in the country's lithium potential. Some European nations are also showing interest in Rio Colorado, a giant potash project in Mendoza province. In a con the context of global crisis, companies are looking for new sources of this mineral, which is used primarily for fertilizers. The local authorities are expected to call for formal bids later this year. On that note about investments, Google CEO Sundar Pichai has pledged to make an investment of $1,200 million to drive digital transformation in Latin America. Through a five-year plan, the tech giant said it's looking to strengthen connectivity, cloud, and technological platforms for small and medium-sized companies in Argentina and beyond. To get there, Google announced the development of an international subsea cable called Firmina, which will run from the east coast of the United States to Las Toninas, Argentina, with additional landings in Praia Grande, Brazil, and Punta del Este, Uruguay. As the longest one in the world, the cable aims to give users fast, low-latency access to Google products such as Search, Gmail, and YouTube, as well as Google Cloud services. In other news in the tech world, Argentina's central bank has approved Uala's purchase of the digital bank Willow Bank. The agreement between the companies was first reached in April of 2021, but it was finalized only last Thursday the 9th. 
Eduardo Urnakian, who is owner of Willow Bank, the first digital bank in Argentina, will now become a minority stockholder in Uala. The close of the deal marks another key milestone for Uala, which was valued at $2.5 billion in its latest funding round. Since we're on the topic of dollars, National Deputy Maria Eugenia Vidal criticized Millet's proposal to dollarize the economy and assured that the measure would lead to tremendous impoverishment of the population. In case you weren't aware, the libertarian deputy, Javier Millet, has made it abundantly clear that he intends to run for president next year and that dollarizing the economy would be one of his strategies to battle inflation. However, Vidal explained that there are not enough reserves to implement this. If Argentina were to dollarize the economy, every dollar would have to cost at least 1,400 pesos, a 700% increase compared to what they cost today. Also related to inflation, the International Monetary Fund will review its 2022 inflation forecast for Argentina due to the impact of the war in Ukraine. While there's no set date for that to happen, a spokesperson for the IMF already confirmed that a revision is needed given the circumstances. Initially, their estimate forecasted a rate between 40 and 50 percent, which many economists considered to be out of reach. Over the last 12 months alone, prices have risen 58%, and some speculate that inflation could reach 70% by the end of 2022. One thing that's closely tied to inflation is the Argentine bonds. While these began as the star investment of the year, the financial market is suffering considerable losses after giving returns of more than 20% between January and May. With this alarming drop, investors worry that the burden will prove unsustainable for the government. But there's another alarm ringing in the government's ears. On Saturday the 11th, a judge blocked five Iranian crew members from a Venezuelan cargo jet from leaving the country. The plane, which initially landed in Cordoba due to the heavy fog covering the Ezeiza International Airport, flew to Buenos Aires with the transponder off, as if they didn't want to be located. They passed the first round of security tests, which revealed that the cargo jet was only transporting auto parts for an automotive company. But later, the five Iranians were connected to the Revolutionary Guards Organization, which is currently on the U.S. blacklist of foreign terrorist organizations. The crew is still being investigated, but in the meantime, the government is withholding their passports. Speaking of flights, the Malvinas Antarctic and South Atlantic Secretary, Guillermo Carmona, announced last week that the flights from Punta Arenas in Chile to the Malvinas Islands, or Falkland Islands, which is their name in English, via Rio Gallegos, will be resumed. These flights had been suspended unilaterally by the United Kingdom during the pandemic. Moving on to other forms of traveling, you can now check the credit of your Sube card via WhatsApp. If you're not familiar with Sube, it's a contactless smart card system that you have to use to access the public transportation network, bus, subways, trains, and even highway tolls, although the last can be paid through other methods. 
The news is you can now send a message to a number we'll include in the episode notes and a bot will answer your query. It's necessary to have the 16 numbers of the Sube card at hand. And you will also have the chance to speak to a customer assistant between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. If you don't have a card, the bot will also inform you where to get one. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the extra-large weekend. I hope you have lots of fun. If you want to contact us, check out the show notes. Nos vemos la próxima semana.